You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast, in which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. Ho, 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 ye of little faith. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, theater geeks. Hello. Hello, theater geeks. <laughs> Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. Welcome, theater geeks, to Theater Geeks Anonymous. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> this is the show where we talk about <laughs> Broadway follow-ups, scandals, and new works. Who fails, who sues, we tell their stories. <laughs> I'm just like. I'm, like, so dry. She's, like, singing everything, and I'm, like, this is what I need to say right here. <laughs> and this is the other thing I need to say. Even in the testing yeah, of I'm the like, mics, test, I'm, like, test, 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 test. And she's, like, <laughs> testing one, two. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's good stuff. See, the later we go, and the later in the day it gets, the more punch truck I get, <laughs> and the more song comes out of my mouth. <laughs> True. That's why you love me. <laughs> and it's only like 5.45. I know. That's what's nuts. <laughs> it's been a long day. You know, yesterday was nice because I had the day off of work yesterday. And like today's a Saturday. But yesterday, my dogs let me sleep until 7.30 and let me stay in bed until 8, which is unheard of because, you know, we're up at 6.30 for work. So that's oh. when they usually get up even on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so today I was like, oh, maybe they'll do the same thing. So I had wine night with my friend Juliet and we yeah. watched Parenthood until the wee hours. I think I got home at like 1130, which is very late for I me. I love that 1130 is the wee hours. <laughs> it's the wee hours. I was like, because you were over my house and you were there till like one. I know. And I was wrecked for like a whole week. <laughs> 
It wasn't that bad. But like I went, so we went to bed really late last night Mm -hmm. and they woke me up at the crack of dawn. Y'all are the worst. It's just not fair. They are. They're the worst. I look at their stupid faces and I just want to punch them and I love them so much. (laughs) (laughs) The dichotomy of parenthood and, (laughs) and owner, dog ownership. (laughs) So, funny. <laughs> so what's on the agenda today, Miss Ebony? Well, <laughs> today. Oh, should we introduce what we're what people are listening to? Did we do that? We already? did that. Oh, already. we did that already. Sorry, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oopsie skittles. Oops. 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 <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Just finished it. We just did it. I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> Season two is off to a great start. <laughs> Holy. Oh boy. Okay. Well, <laughs> today's episode, we're going to keep, we're keeping on that theme because we're still in August. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to us in order, which if you didn't listen to season one, there was like a whole discussion about listening to <laughs> podcasts in order, which Pamela does very well. I do. I have and, to. I can't listen to them out of order. I, I literally cannot. My body won't let me. <laughs> and I'm one where there's a few podcasts I've listened to in absolute order, like the ones where you absolutely have to, like Crime Town and S Town. Yeah, yeah. And Serial. But there are podcasts that I listen to out of order, just depending on what I feel like listening to. Do you to. know what else I can't do? What? I can't start a new podcast without finishing the one I'm on. Oh my! That means like behind the curtain, you won't be up to speed to until yet. for like two years. Uh huh. You sent me a text the other day that was said, "Oh, listen to this episode it's because it's going to be two years." Quilters, and I'm like, I don't know, Ebony. I'm still in S Town right now, which is so good. Oh, it is really good. I'm on the final episode, but I don't want it to end. Because I know. Ebony told me there's not going to be another season yeah. of it, and that makes me really sad. I know. They tell such good stories. Yeah, on that this whole American team. Life and, yeah, and, like the whole NPR team. Like it's just really, <laughs> they're so excellent. Good. Uh, really good. They're really good. Uh. <laughs> so on that tangent, <laughs> um, today's episode we will be talking about Crybaby the musical. Woo! So for. John Waters fans, like my good friend Wanda, who loves him, and my late mother, who loved herself some Hairspray, the original. She liked the musical, but she was the one who, and I tell this story often, I would be sitting down and I would be flipping through the TV Guide channel when it was a channel. After it, well, it was still a magazine, but it was a channel. Mm -hmm. Before you had, like, Guide on your DVR set Channel 3. Is it scrolls down at a very slow pace. Slow pace, and you have to just catch it. You have to just keep watching continuously. If you blink, you will miss the show, and you have to wait for the whole rotation to go again. That's right. That's right. Old school guys. (laughs) So, um, you millennials have it so good. So easy. (laughs) You don't even know. Except we did establish in an earlier episode that the stuff we grew up on is better than yours. So that's one. It's totally better than (laughs) yours. But efficiency-wise, you, you do guys have, have it much some better good stuff now. Yeah, you have it better than we did. <laughs> so, Crybaby, um, yeah. So, Crybaby was John Waters' follow-up to Hairspray, 
And if you don't know that much about John Waters, which if you don't, oh my Google him, learn you something. Stop listening right this second and, and Google you go John and rent, Waters immediately. You rent a couple of, of movies of his on iTunes and you watch them and then you get back to us. Because it was good stuff. It was really good stuff. So, um, so Crybaby was the follow up to Hairspray. And like I said, if you don't know him, uh, he grew up in Maryland, mainly in Baltimore. So Hairspray and Crybaby and pretty much all of his movies. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> are based in Baltimore. And I asked if I could do this one because I grew up in Maryland, 20 minutes outside of Baltimore. <laughs> so, like, my mom loved Hairspray because it took place in Baltimore and it was in the 60s. And my mom was born in 51. So, like, that was, like, a time that she remembered was happening. And so she just loved Loved, loved Hairspray. I did a show with a girl who lived in Baltimore, and when they were filming Hairspray, she got to be one of the dancing extras. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she said they it was did a, really a lot cool of that story. movie in Canada, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, which was upsetting. That but, is upsetting. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they they did. But but we whatever we loved the musical totally. We absolutely loved the musical. So you know, I um a few years ago, this was like maybe 2010. I was sitting in Chipotle in Midtown, uh-huh. like I don't know which one, but anyway, like in the 40s There's somewhere. So many. It was right around the corner from the Times Square Church. Oh, okay. So right yeah, there, yeah. um, or like the Gershwin Theater, right around that area. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the window, like at the bar and the window. And as I was eating my burrito bowl, John Waters crossed right in front of my path what did was he flashing or no no he was okay. talking to someone else but like he's got that tiny little mustache yeah. that skinny little mustache uh and so he's like you know very distinctive you know him and so it was very exciting i didn't get to talk to him i, I should have like run out and been like john give me a picture but i'm not like that i don't do that but i was very excited and i and i did document it on facebook did you <laughs> if you didn't in my flasher reference that means you didn't watch the hairspray movie musical and you need to stop this episode and go back and do that right so stop listening Uh uh-oh guys i don't know if you hear that that's my dog sweet pea barking her head off she and she what she usually does is she'll walk to the end of the bed once we're like stop her ears stick out and she turns her head like what what i just wanted attention that's all Sweepy, that's enough. Where's Ebony? Come get Ebony. Come on. Sweepy, come get Ebony. Oh, what a good dog you are. All right, so uh, Cry Baby, like I said, was first a movie. And the movie premiered in 1990. So uh, I have not seen this movie in a very long time. (laughs) So I am going to give you a little synopsis because I needed it for my refresher. And you may, too, unless... You are a colossal John Waters fan who watches his movies all the time. Right. <laughs> really, the only one that I see or listen to frequently is Hairspray. Hairspray. Crybaby, the movie, uh, was also a musical, um, and it was written and directed by John Waters. Crybaby is set in the 1950s, and the plot centers around two high school-age social groups, the Drapes and the Squares. The Drapes <laughs> are led by the enigmatic Johnny Depp, who plays Wade Crybaby Walker. Y'all just need to go back just to see Baby (laughs) 
Johnny Depp. Oh man, he's a fetus he's, in this movie. Yeah, he's so cute. He's so cute, so cute. Like John, Twenty One Jump Street. If you didn't yeah. watch those, go back and watch those. Not the movie that they just no, no. made a couple years ago. I know. No, no, old school. Like the, the baby TV Johnny Depp. Show. Yeah, before Edward Scissorhands. Right. And when he now he's a little weird. Like, like he's like, new now. Like he was fresh then. I'm sorry. Yes, he was new fresh. then. Like that was so fresh, fresh and clean, fresh. clean. So uh, again. Johnny Depp's playing Wade Crybaby Walker, the title character, and Crybaby falls in love with a square named Allison Vernon Williams, who's played by Amy Locaine. Um, and so the story is like this Romeo and Juliet-esque type thing because like... Yeah, the good girl and the bad boy. Right. And the drapes are like this weird, like misfit toy group. Uh, you have one girl named like Hatchet Face. <laughs> Who really, truly does have a yeah, hatchet face. poor girl. And... Uh, and then you've got like Iggy Pop mm-hmm. is like playing like the patriarch of the group. <laughs> um, and he's also playing Johnny Depp's grandfather. It's like Outsiders meets the Misfit Toys from what's that? The... <laughs> I'm just making a face because I'm not really sure. The Island of Misfit Toys. Oh. <laughs> Which I like to call New York City the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> it's true. Because I feel like this is the only place I've ever lived where I actually felt like I belonged. <laughs> or at least was not some weirdo. But you didn't stick out like a sore yeah, thumb. Yeah, I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> I'm much more a square <laughs> in your estimation of this city. And I do stick out like a sore thumb. You feel like you stick out in New well, York? I feel like nobody sticks out in New York. Not necessarily in a bad way. Right. But, like, I find that I am asked quite frequently, am I from out of town? And I think it's because I'm polite. <laughs> That's so... Well, I do. I will say people are like, where are you from? Yeah. And I'll say New York because I... This is my home. Um, and they're like, no, but but where are you from? <laughs> originally yeah and i'm like okay well originally i'm from maryland and then they're like okay yeah i know i say central illinois they're like yeah i thought so like i'm like you know what it's fine it's totally fine okay so (laughs) uh the star-crossed lovers have to fight a lot of taboos of the town to be together the drapes matriarch and patriarch are ramona and belvedere ricketts played by susan tyrell and as i stated iggy pop respectively. The other notables in the cast include Ricky Lake yep. as Pepper Walker and again, if you've not seen Hairspray, the original, not the musical, but you also should see the musical because I love both. Yes. But if you did not see the 1980s original Hairspray, you need to because Ricky Lake, yes, talk show host Ricky Lake, plays the lead Tracy Turnblad. She's, well, she was, like Divine, mm-hmm. one of John Waters' muses. Yeah. You know, he would surround himself with these people that he just loved mm-hmm. and wanted to work with, and he put them in every single one of mm-hmm. his movies. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so check that out. And then uh, the late Kim McGuire uh, played Hatchet Face, and Patty Hearst. <laughs> The Patty Hearst? The Patty Hearst oh was Wanda Woodward. I don't um, remember that. And How she funny. played uh, Tracy Lord's mother. Okay, so do you all know who Patty Hearst is? I do. <laughs> her, 
her grandfather is William Randolph Hearst. Her Hearst. They think they got us. Do they got us? No. no. Yeah. So <laughs> that just Hearst. watch Newsies, and then you'll know her 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 her, her grandfather. Um, but she is known because she was kidnapped in 1976, and uh, then uh, ended up becoming friends with the kidnappers and following their ideology, um, and then ended up going to jail for a robbery. Uh, But she was a case where they could say that it was Stockholm Syndrome. She was convicted of the robbery, though, because they did feel like she had adopted their ways of living and their ways of thinking. But then um, President Clinton commuted her sentence. Right. So uh, if my timing is right... It was soon after her sentence was commuted that she was in this movie, Crybaby. Probably. <laughs> uh, Crybaby got his name because of his ability to shed one single tear, which apparently drove the ladies crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. One single tear dry. I mean, yep. I don't know. So here's the thing is like Denzel Washington's like a brilliant actor and he is really good at the single tear thing. Mm-hmm. So is Sterling on This Is Us. If you have not watched This Is Us yet, you should watch that. Sterling <laughs> is brilliant and he's very good at the single tear Denzel Washington and Glory thing. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um He's the leader of a band and an orphan, which is what bonds him and Allison. They lament over how both sets of their parents died, and Crybaby's story is particularly gruesome as both parents were sent to the electric chair because of his father's murders, even though his mother tried to stop his father from murdering people. So even the father got sent to the electric chair, and even though the mother was trying to stop her husband from doing these things, she still got sent to the electric (laughs) chair also. Um... A set of circumstances has Crybaby wrongly accused of a crime for which he is sent to a penitentiary. Uh, but, of course, there's the happy ending where he's able to go back to Allison and his band. While he's in jail, he gets a tattoo of a tear for Allison and their separation, forever <laughs> cementing him as Crybaby. Um, in the movie, James Intveld uh, was Johnny Depp's singing voice and Rachel Sweet uh, was Amy Locaine's singing voice. Okay. So the movie the movie opened nationwide on April 6, 1990. The critical reception was mixed and Waters Waters is just one of those people like you either get it or mm-hmm. you don't. Yeah. You know, you just like you love either or hate. are obsessed with him or you're just completely indifferent. Right. Um uh, the film cost $12 million to make, but only made $8 million. And even though it was technically a flop, it has this massive call following. Yep. Like, huge. <laughs> like As all I, of Waterstones. Yeah, all of them. Because it's... I feel like he's... Him and Sondheim are, like, in this way where they write things that people don't always get or even, like, the world hasn't caught up to or technology hasn't necessarily caught up to. And so they they write these things because they're such visionaries. And then over time, people begin to realize, oh, 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 this is brilliant. Yeah. Okay. It's just way ahead of their time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. He also, I feel like John Waters really appeals to the outsider. Yeah. Like the outcast. The the misfit. Exactly. Uh, All right. So. So, uh, eventually, the musical, because Hairspray is such a colossal hit, 
on Broadway, uh, they decided they would like to get another John Waters property. Mm -hmm. So Cry Baby is next in line because, again, it was already (laughs) a movie musical. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't actually keep too many, if any, of the songs from the movie. Right. They write new ones. The writing team, uh, the composer was Adam Schlesinger. Okay. Uh, and he was Grammy nominated for his band Fountains of Wayne. Oh, I think I've heard band? of them, but okay. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be very familiar. Okay. Um, and then the lyricist for Cry Baby the Musical was David Joverbaum. I hope I'm saying <laughs> that right. I'm sorry, David, if I'm not. He is an Emmy winning producer and writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Oh, cool. <laughs> Uh, the book writers were Thomas Meehan and Mark O'Donnell, and they also wrote the book for Hairspray. Okay. So they were like, we understand John Waters' twisted mind. Mm-hmm. And so because he's such a, he's just Specific like this voice. mind that like only a handful of people could actually get inside and understand, yeah. like be able to interpret. And so... It just makes sense if you already have a team that understands and can kind of get into his mind to just have those same people write the next show because yeah. it's it's like somebody trying to understand uh, uh, Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. It's like that same yeah. or or Julie Taymor. Like they just have these unique minds that you know not everybody can get inside and understand. Yeah. The production designer was Scott Pask. The director was Mark Brokow. And the choreographer was Rob Ashford. Uh, Producers for the musical were Brian Grazer, who also produced the movie with Imagine Entertainment, and Universal Pictures, that was the distributor of the film. Um, Alan McAllister and Adam Goldstein, among others, were also producers. After workshops in May of 2007, Crybaby had a lot of revisions. At the mid-May workshop, for instance, it was clear that the upbeat full company finale, Nothing Bad's Ever Gonna Happen Again, went over much bigger than the opening number. Wow. There was a rousing crowd reaction to Screw Loose, which... Yes. I love that song. Ali Mozzie, <laughs> who I know because she played Glinda while I was doing Wicked the Wicked Tour. Oh, cool is, first of all, the most hysterical person I've ever met (laughs) in real life. But on stage, she makes these choices that are the most zany, but they work. They're so good. I I found, going to say it, I found a bootleg (laughs) of Cry Baby, and so I was watching it, and she was so good. There uh, is... um, It's great. Don't remember. I think I found it on YouTube. It's a video of Seth Rudetsky. He does mm-hmm. the show. He brings in like other Broadway performers, mm-hmm. and he brought in Ali Mazi in one of these episodes to sing "Screw Loose." <laughs> it's definitely worth watching. So fun. This song's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Uh, was the first act tune like it says, like she said, Ali Mazi, a supporting player, and I did something wrong once. The actress Jane Maxwell's second act song, but other moments received fewer hoots and hollers. Uh, which is to be expected because it's a workshop and learning experiences. Yeah. The La Jolla and Broadway cast were James Snyder, who played the title character, Elizabeth Stanley uh, played Allison Vernon Williams, and 
I love her. Harriet <laughs> Harris played Allison's grandmother, Mrs. Vernon Williams. And Carly Gibson played Pepper Walker, which was the Rec- Ricky Lake mm-hmm. uh, character. Meehan and O'Donnell immediately went to cutting extraneous characters from the movie when they were writing the book. Meehan stated, our slogan was, edgier than Grease, funnier than West Side Story. <laughs> I, like, wrote that down and didn't realize how funny it was. And I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that is funny. Uh, it helps that we're temperamentally similar to John. O'Donnell says, we're from the same planet, but it's a slightly twisted planet. <laughs> we want to be tasteless, but not offenseless. Uh, offensive. <laughs> We want to be tasteless, but not offensive. We may be off kilter, but we're not bad people. (laughs) Uh, Unlike most stage musical adaptions of movies, the crybaby writers understood that you can't just put a screenplay on stage and add songs. Right. Uh, You have to make the film story into a piece of theater by changing its fundamental nature. I'm not going to name names, but there is one show (laughs) that like two of my friends who usually like when they go see a show... And they're like, their feelings are usually similar to mine. Yeah. There's one show where we are so divided on that (laughs) the wife had a dream. She told someone it was good. I was at the bottom of the stairs (laughs) with my arms crossed, shaking my head at her. Like, how could you tell anyone that? How could you tell that? And she comes down the stairs and is like trying to defend herself and is stuttering. What's that was a show? dream. What's the show? I don't want to say. Oh, please do. Because you have to. You told the story. <laughs> but I don't. I feel like I don't want to be bashing. Is it bashing if I say? No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Sunset Boulevard is not a good show. <laughs> The orchestrations, I just saw it. The orchestration, or I saw it, uh, Glenn Close was perfect. She's, yeah, perfect. she's brilliant. I mean, I am not mad I spent the money because watching her was fantastic. And the orchestrations were gorgeous. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous. But what Sunset Boulevard does is it takes the script and puts it on stage. And so it's like the lyrics are bad and the book's yeah. not great. I'm sorry. I well, know look, you won a Tony, but there was no one else I, around that season either. I, I love Andrew Lloyd Webber, but yeah. he has a record of <laughs> shows with really amazing orchestration, yeah. but really, really weak lyrics and mm-hmm. scripts. Yeah. That's just the nature of he and who he um, collaborates with. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, you know you're going to have really gorgeous composition. And a weak story. Mm-hmm. It's just the it's just the nature. Also, the act like all the actors were wonderful. Oh, yeah, I mean, They're freaking awesome. Yeah, but no. So yeah, <laughs> so we we had a little. I mean, <laughs> the wife's like more like she's like mostly you're right, but the husband like he just likes to pick at me. <laughs> I'll just say who that is. It's Patrick. Yeah, right? yeah. Who's like he? He's like my big brother. So he just likes to like aggravate me. <laughs> yep. So he'll be like, "It's great, it's great," and I'm like, "What have you lost your mind?" I just every time. Anyway, so saying all that, this whole thing about like not taking the movie and like just putting the movie on stage and saying this is a completely different form. We can't just take the movie and put that on stage and think, boom, that's going to work. Like right. that's not, that's not the theater. 
So I love that. Yeah. They realize that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. Um. They turned film characters into musical comedy characters without losing their core personalities. They streamlined the plot substantially. Uh, Since songs take more stage time than dialogue, the script of a musical has to be a model of economy in order to get Mm -hmm. all the storytelling done in a fairly small space. Like Bat Boy, Crybaby has an incredibly lean script with virtually no extraneous moments. Oh, Bat Boy is so good. I don't know Bat Boy. So oh, I have to check it out. It's so good, Ebony. <laughs> That's what it's I've heard. It's very funny. But okay. it's also like the music is really, really yeah. good. <laughs> I have to check it out. Uh, sometimes there's less than half a page of dialogue between songs. The jokes come fast and furiously. The vast majority of laughs develop character and move the plot forward or set up information for a later payoff. Uh, Sprinkled throughout the entire script are repeated references to class, crime, communism, and fear. All themes that will weave throughout the story and come together in the last scene in a moment that resolves all the conflicts at once. A comic moment worthy of Gilbert and Sullivan in both its wackiness and its internal logic. (laughs) I don't. I don't necessarily love the Gilbert and Sullivan oh, reference. I do. Well, I, I don't love like Gilbert Pirates Sullivan. of and. Okay, that's no. Don't think of Pirates of Penzance. That's what, I, that's what everyone thinks of. I don't. But most people are like <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan, Pirates of Penzance. I don't like Pirates of Penzance. Gilbert and Sullivan. If you um, what was that movie? Topsy Turvy. This was the movie that was based on Gilbert and Sullivan during the time that they were writing the Mikado. Okay. Um, it's hysterical movie but it's also like historically pretty accurate Mm -hmm. jim broadbent plays i love jim broadbent i do too gilbert and i can't remember who plays sullivan but it's 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 a really good movie to watch topsy-turvy i will definitely recommend that i might actually have the dvd if anyone watches i will buy i do you can borrow it if you want okay um but they have this incredibly smart way of writing that lends itself to be incredibly funny mm-hmm. if it's performed correctly. Okay. But if it's not performed correctly, it will fall flat. And I think that's what they're trying to say. That's the parallel right. they're trying to make. Yeah, it depends on it. Okay. That it's it's driven by the character, meaning right. if you've got someone in that track, like an Ali Mozzie who can sing Screw Loose in that way, then it's going to hit every time. But if you get someone that maybe not have that comedic mm-hmm. timing or the comedic element as well, it's it, it's going to fall flat. Mm-hmm. It's all in the timing. Yeah. that's. I mean, again, I, I did see it on YouTube, so it it that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, after four years of trying out the material with readings and workshops, Crybaby premiered at La Hala Playhouse in San Diego, California on November 18th, 2007. La Jolla. Ha! <laughs> 
if you okay i'm terrible at languages i am the quintessential obnoxious american i was in paris a few uh weeks ago and i speak no french and i can't say any of the words french like so i say the most american version of the word possible because i'm just so terrible so I understand what you're saying, but my brain is like, does not compute. I so I'm going to, I will try very hard. La Jolla. La Jolla. Okay. La Jolla. <laughs> so bad. Um, all right. I'm going to start that piece over. Okay. After four years of trying out the material with readings and workshops, Cry Baby premiered at the La Jolla. I said it wrong. Yeah, no, that was right. Okay. La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego, <laughs> California, on November 18th, 2007. Uh, the La Jolla production ran through December 16th of that year. The show had very mixed reviews, but the 2007-2008 Broadway season was pretty weak, people felt, at that point. Um, so Broadway insiders were hoping it would be the sleeper hit of the season. Mm. Thomas Meehan stated... Um, <laughs> so he was, this is so great. So you're, you know, when you're trying to write something and like, there's all this noise, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> and I talk about Lynn a lot, but I feel like his next show. Yeah. I like, ex- I'm already praying for him is, because it's, it's going to yeah. be ridiculous. Um, but so Thomas is like listening, like he's hearing this stuff. He's trying not to. Mm-hmm. And it, in 2007, I'm sure like Twitter wasn't as bad as right. it is now. Like social media wasn't at the height it is now. So I'm sure he wasn't getting all of the noise that he would be getting now if he was trying to write this show. But but at that point, um, whatever he was hearing, he was like, nope. Nope, got to write a show. I can't. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and so he, he said, you're asking me if my baby will graduate from college and he hasn't even been born yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then uh, Elon McAllister, one of the producers, said, oh, geez, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> uh, Cry Baby began rehearsals in February of 2008. Uh, for four weeks and began previews on March 15th, 2008 at the Marquee Theater. It opened on April 24th of 2008. Crybaby opened to mixed reviews on Broadway also. Uh, Some were stating that it missed the mark turning John Waters' work into a crash show. Others, like the New York Times, stated that the show was tasteless and not tasteless in a crass way, but like tasteless where it's not sweet, yeah. it's not sour, it's no salty, it it's just not salty. Meh. Yeah, it has no flavor. A variety cited that the romantic leads had no chemistry, even though they were both likable. Okay. But Newsday stated that they felt it was pleasantly demented, which <laughs> is accurate if you want to talk about Very John Waters. Much so. And Terry Teachout of uh, the Wall Street Journal felt it was well-crafted and campy, which are also, like, campy is the perfect word for a John Waters. Yeah. Uh, The show was subsequently nominated for four Tony Awards, but didn't take any home. 
Now, we all know what happens to a show that's not particularly doing well at the box office that's nominated for Tony's and doesn't win any. Closes. It closes. So, on June 22nd, 2008, just after the Tony Awards, the show played 45 previews and 68 performances. It closed. Uh, According to... uh, Javerbaum, the show was remounted by New Line Theater in St. Louis, Missouri in March of 2012. It had a smaller band um, and the cast was reduced to 16. The show was reorchestrated and revised by the original composers and writers for the St. Louis uh, production. It was the first production of the show to be done since Broadway. Okay. And then, in 2015, the show actually got a Broadway cast recording. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. With the original cast, like all of it's them? It's like most of the original okay. cast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I tried to find it on Spotify. I could not. Okay. Um, but like I said, I was able to watch it on YouTube. It's not a great recording. Yeah. Uh, it's very shaky. And <laughs> I'm telling you, the camera fell over. <clears throat> but you know, it is what it is. And it's... It, served the purposes I needed to be able to hear and see what I could of the show. And I had a lot of fun watching it. I thought it was a fun show. You can stream it on Amazon if you have Prime membership. I do. There you go. Wow. (laughs) Didn't know that. (laughs) Cry Baby the Musical, not the movie. Yes. That's brilliant. Are there other shows on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Really? I mean, I feel like, because like, all I did was look up Cry Baby the Musical ah! in... Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish you could have seen, okay? So Pamela's dog, the littlest one, Sweet Pea, is having a deal because her brother, her little brother, is getting all up in her spot, and she ain't happy about it. So she was being loud and Pamela's like, no, you can't do this. We're recording. And her back legs were like over her legs. So Pamela just lifted her leg and she just fell off the couch. And it was hilarious. No, I don't abuse my animals. No. She was fine. She was still growling. She's fine. She's oh, just like goodness. needs all the attention you know what? immediately. Sweetie can be a crotch sometimes. I mean, she's she's old and crotchety. She's a little old lady. Yeah. But a lover. Oh, so <laughs> all I did was look up Cry Baby the Musical in Amazon, okay. and it'll bring up, like, the digital file. So it said it streams. So I would imagine, like, if you looked up any musical. So let me see if. I'm, I'm in shock. I didn't know Prime had any of that. It's not recommending the right things for me. <laughs> so, oh, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. You no, can also not. stream. Prime? Oh, guess what? Ebony's doing tonight. Yeah, downloading the Amazon app for Prime. I already have it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> watching Andrew Jackson. None watching, just the recording. Oh. So, oh, I'm sorry. No, that was confusing. I was so excited. I thought no, I could that watch would have been it. amazing. I think yeah. you can only do that at the library here in New York. Okay. But no, the cast recordings. Is on Prime. Yes. Okay, to stream. Okay. Well, that works too. <laughs> All right. So, you guys... That's it for Cry Baby the Musical. That's it. That's the story. Bye-bye, Cry Baby. (laughs) I'm going to say it with a French accent since we talked about that. (laughs) Bye-bye. Maybe don't. Cry Baby. Oh, I don't know, though. It is a much better accent than my Australian accent. (laughs)
My French accent. I'm telling you, we're going to get the one French person. We will. Hello, my French friends. Hello. Welcome to Theater Kids Anonymous. That was terrible. But before I went all chintzy and weird, then it was good. If I'm just, you know, if I'm just talking like this with my French accent, it's fine. My dog is done. She's like, hey, look, I heard you say that that was the end. You gonna say hello? You gonna say hello? <laughs> she got in front of the mic. She's like the frog. She's like, no, I don't know. I don't want to say anything. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Just a long ribbit holding your cane. Her brother's getting on her last nerve. Well, I have to admit that he's getting on my last nerve, too, <laughs> because and you I don't know. I'm going to listen back and I'm going to hear all of these little bumps and things because he kept sitting on the mic stand and then like licking the carpet, which is a great. Hey, hey, I have an idea. If you have a solution yes. to my problem of my dog who has been diagnosed as having pica, which is a disorder in humans and animals where they feel a compulsion to eat things that aren't good for them. Uh, my dog licks the carpet. What can I do about it? <laughs> you Please can, let me know. Yeah, you can contact us on TGABWay at gmail.com Please and do. we will be real grateful Subject for the Subject line, of that. save puddle. Save puddle. Because <laughs> he's not going to last much longer if he keeps it up. Um, also, check us out on Facebook at T- Theater Geeks Anonymous. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at TGABWay. <laughs> And uh, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Yes. If you are an Andrewed, uh, Andrewed. Oh, <laughs> Andrewed. If you're an Andrewed. If you're an Andrewed. If you're an Android user, uh, you can find us on SoundCloud at Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can download the app and you can listen to us that way, the way that my sister listens to us, the way that I listen to us. <laughs> but not me, because I've got an iPhone, so I listen on iTunes. And that's where you're going to rate, review, and subscribe. On SoundCloud, you can follow. Okay. And that's how you'll know when we've uploaded a new episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're still uploading some from season one. I think we have three left. Uh, and we'll but this still have won't some- be posted until no. after that's done. No, so they, this yeah. is... Oh, yeah, yeah never mind. Yeah. You're going to hear this after the fact, so right. what's the point? <laughs> um, oh, Facebook. We're on Facebook. Yep, Theater I Geeks said Anonymous. You said that? That was the first thing I said. Okay. Well, I'm having a brain fart, too. <laughs> Ooh, we're winning! Oh, you guys, it's 6.30 in the evening, and I think we're heading straight to bed after it's this. really <laughs> terrible. Actually, I'm going to have a piece of peanut butter pie, and I hope that you'll, <laughs> you'll share it with me, because it is... It is so I made this peanut butter pie the other day <laughs> because I want to bake. I love baking, but it's, it's too hot. hot. Yeah. And so I made a no bake peanut butter pie and it is so rich. It's filled with cream cheese and sugar and peanut Ooh. butter and it's amazing. I love all of those things. I I handmade whipping cream. I I love doing that. That's Me too. the only way I like unless I'm going okay, no dairy. Then I'll just buy Cool Whip. Yeah. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. But uh, but otherwise, I love to do my own whipping cream. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. That was the first time I ever did it. And really? it was so much easier than I expected yeah, it to be. Yeah, super easy. I've got a KitchenAid mixer, though, too. So yeah. I think that'll, I mean, I that takes too. all the work out of it. But anyway. I, when I didn't, and I would do it, and I would have... 
and I would have the uh, whisk. Yeah. My arm oh was hurting. Oh my gosh. That Did was terrible. Did you ever take the little creamer, pa- a little creamer things in a restaurant and like shake them until you could make your no. own butter? <laughs> no you never did no how fun okay so like the little tiny cylindrical containers of half and half right. at a restaurant if you just shake them and it takes a long long time like at least 20 minutes or more to shake 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 and then when you open it up it's like butter consistency didn't know that <laughs> things children do to entertain I themselves know, it's true. well the things the adults tell the children to do to probably to keep them occupied yeah. while they're eating dinner <laughs> But yeah, that was fun. Central Illinois, that's where I grew up. Um, But oh, but the peanut butter pie is so rich that I I had to eat like a handful of cucumber afterward because I just couldn't. I'm okay. We got to end this because my dogs are driving me insane right now. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate appreciate. Appreciate you. We oh, appreciate holy geez. you. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Oh. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.